0: What if you could break through weight loss resistance with a novel bioidentical hormone? Would you try it? Stay tuned to find out if I would. So the big question is how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself, the truth about what creates a rock solid metabolism, lasting weight loss and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose hundred pounds and fix my fatigue. Now I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. Thank you so much for joining me today as we're going to dive into a novel tool that's a bioidentical hormone that could help you lose up to 5% of your body weight in fat. Wanna know about it? Sure you do, right? We always wanna look for all the natural options that could help us safely and effectively be more healthy, right? If that includes losing weight, lose weight, regain energy, right? All the things, you still gotta do all the things, but maybe this is something that can give you a little boost. We're gonna dive into that in this episode. And our guest today, Karen Martell, is going to tell us about it, and you're going to see if I'm going to try it or not, and would you try it or not. So we're going to have some information on that, but we're also going to take a little tour off the main road that we usually talk about when we talk about breaking through weight loss resistance, and that has to do with the intangibles-related To losing weight, the intangibles related to going from perimenopause to menopause, all the intangibles related to every symptom or disease that you might have. What are those? Well, the thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that are driving or supporting that energetic disruption that is the symptom that you have, whether it's excess weight or you've got diabetes and your pancreas isn't functioning well, or you name the disease or symptom, there's some underlying spiritual, if you will, or energetic cause. We're going to dive into that too. As my guest today, who is a weight loss resistance specialista, has a lot of experience with that, as do I on my journey. It really is something that you will come to face yourself when you're healing from disease, if you're doing it right. And if you want the optimum outcomes, it really is key. So I'll tell you a little bit about Karen, then we'll get started. She's a certified hormone specialist and transformational nutrition coach and women's weight loss expert. She's got a top 100 rated women's health podcast. It's called The Other Side of Weight Loss, where she helps women to unlock the mysteries of female fat loss and hormone imbalance. She struggled with her own health issues, but she was determined to bring her knowledge to others with a bold new approach to women's hormone health and weight management. Her passion lies in helping women balance and optimize their hormones in peri- and post-menopause and breakthrough, weight loss, resistance, yes. Please help me welcome Karen Martell to The Hormone Prescription. Thank you very much for having me, Dr. Karen. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, we talk about weight loss resistance. It's such a problem for women once we hit 40 and midlife and we age. And you really have some unique Perspectives on some tools that are novel that can assist us with this weight loss resistance and also how to address something that most people aren't aware of as an issue for them around weight loss at midlife. So, maybe actually you can start by sharing a little bit about your journey and how you zeroed in on hormones and weight loss resistance and all things that we women over 40 are concerned with. Yes, (laughs) well, mine actually started. Of course, I had to
1: start early for me. In my 30s, after the birth of my first child, I, you know, lost the pregnancy weight, but about a year and a half into it, I just very suddenly within a few months' time. I rapidly started to put on weight and I had not changed anything. And I was experiencing not only weight gain, but I was having severe insomnia, really bad PMS, anxiety, depression, gut problems. And I did what every woman is told to do I started to exercise like a mad woman. (laughs) I started pretty much starving myself, trying every diet under the sun, calorie counting. I had always been a really healthy eater. So it wasn't like, it wasn't because I had changed my diet or was eating McDonald's every day and I was working out probably harder than I'd ever worked out in my life. And I only continued to gain weight. And I went to the doctor, I was put on an antidepressant, I was given a sleeping pill and kind of told to, you know, go on my way. And nobody at that time would have told me, I was 33, nobody would have said, hey, maybe this is your hormones. And after a lot of struggling and a lot of different diets and exercise programs, I decided that I had to take matters into my own hands. And I started digging into research and decided, I think this has something to do with my hormones. And so I ended up going to a naturopath and having my hormones tested uh, through saliva testing at the time. And it came out that I was, you know, Super low on progesterone, high estrogen, and I had very low cortisol and DHEA, which I'm sure your listeners are familiar with those two hormones. And those are your stress hormones. And there I was, just doing everything wrong according to that hormonal profile. I was doing high amounts of cardio. I'm starving myself. I later found out that I also was hypothyroid and had no idea. Which also, those two things would have perpetuated that. So I had to go. Okay, I have to make a serious shift because I didn't even think I was a stressed out person. So I started. I quit the the hardcore crossfitting and starving myself, and I actually started doing yoga all the time. I started asking for help, and the biggest piece of that puzzle was. I started to really look at the spiritual side of what was happening. And I realized that there was a lot of things that I had not dealt with from my past. I had always had really bad self-body image. I had an eating disorder as a teenager. I had sexual abuse. There was a lot of things that Karen had not dealt with. And so I went on a bit of a journey and I will tell you, it was not quick there was no quick fixing this. And it took probably a good year of like really working on these things, slowing down, like looking at the spiritual aspect of things, dealing with some of the past stuff, that the weight finally started to slowly come off. And Mm -hmm. I came out of that experience just going, there's got to be more women like me, there's got to be more women that are doing everything right, that are not you know, closet eating or eating McDonald's Mm -hmm. and all of these things that, that they are eating right, that they're exercising and they're not able to lose the weight. And so it kind of, it threw me into this world of nutrition. And then at the age of 42, I started to go into menopause and overnight. Yeah. Overnight. I had my thyroid crash on me. And I started missing my periods. I started having hot flashes. I was I gained two months mm. and was like what the heck? Because I really didn't think as a, at that point in time, I'd been, you know, 10 years nutritionist, weight loss coach, like doing everything right. I don't drink, I don't, you know, dealing with the the mental stuff, sleeping well. Like I I really had all the boxes checked. And then behold, it happens again. And so that sent me on a mission to find out, okay, what's happening with my my hormones? Why am I going into menopause so early? I was able to reverse it and I at 47 today, I still have my period and I'm doing well. But it was a big eye opener um, both times that when that happened to me. And I just I know now work with so many women that very similar things have happened to them too, where they're they are really healthy and they're trying to do things right. But they can't get that weight off. So
0: yeah, that period is that fifth vital sign, and when it starts going wonk-a-donk, donk, that is your sign. Emergency, something is wrong. Just like if your pulse is sky high, or your respiratory rate, or you have a really high fever. When your period, it really should be like clockwork. Your body has a timing mechanism where your period should come every you know, 28 days or whatever is normal for you. And when it doesn't and it stops or it's late or it's irregular, that really should be your sign to look for the cause. Not to get on a synthetic hormone to shut up your female system, right? Everybody's heard me say that. Don't get on the birth control pill or, you know, the vaginal ring or Depo shots like was done to me for decades. That's not the answer, ladies. It's really not the answer. You got to find the cause so, yeah, you hit that wall, wow, at forty two. And that, you know, bre- drives home another very important point I want to point out is that a lot of times, if you go to a corporate or mainstream doctor with that scenario, they're just going to say, "Oh, yep, you're going into menopause. Oh well, it's just biology. There's nothing we can do." And they're not going to investigate it, but, you know, what you just heard Karen say was that she found the underlying cause, she remediated it, and then she had got her periods back and it wasn't menopause. So you don't want to go into hormonal poverty any sooner than you have to, because then you have to face the consequences of them. So let's dive into, you mentioned some of the spiritual things. Let's dive into that, because that's something we haven't talked about on the podcast that I think is super important. And then after that, we'll dive into this novel tool that really is, very hot and late breaking tool that you can use to help your weight loss resistance and lots of other problems in health that a lot of people don't know about. So we'll dive into that next. But what were some of your understandings that you learned through that period that you just described about the spiritual nature of this change you were going through? Yeah, I mean, for myself personally,
1: and I think for so many women, that body self-image was a huge piece that I had to really look at. And I had self abused myself for a very long time. I was an alcoholic. I was a drug addict. Like I said, I had been raped. I had very bad eating disorder. I was bulimic for many years. And I hadn't looked at any of that. I just mm. literally had numbed myself and just pushed it away and thought, well, I know that that's not good. And that I probably am a little bit messed up from it. But I recognize that that wasn't a good thing, so I must be fine. <laughs> I don't need to go back and really pick it apart, but I did, and I had to, and it took a long time. I mean, like I said, it wasn't easy. I had to, I was in therapy for seven years, and it was it wasn't traditional therapy. I did a lot of what connected with me. I had started with traditional therapy, and then I moved into spiritual therapy. And I started seeing an energy worker that was life changing for me, and that's what really connected with me. And I really highly recommend that women find something that's going to connect with them, because I think a lot of the time women don't look at these problems because they don't—they immediately think if if I'm going to go down that road, I got to go see a therapist, and I don't want to do that. I'm not going to go talk to somebody about my problems. Doesn't mm-hmm. work. What? Like they have some issues around that. And it doesn't have to be that. It could be something completely different. Every single one of us is different. I've had, I've seen people that have gotten so much help just from body work, like going or doing yoga. Like there's so many things that you can do to connect with self. It doesn't have to look like that. And for mm-hmm. some people, that does work. So I think it's important to look at all of these things. And if you are continually running into the same problems over and over again. That's your sign. That's your sign that you're not looking at something that you need to look at. So if you are continually looking to the next best diet, constantly failing at that diet, constantly gaining the weight back, or maybe it's something completely different where it's just like, you can have this repetitive pattern of somebody wronging you constantly or getting yourself into the wrong relationships with the wrong partner. These are your big warning signs that, hey, you're not listening. There's something here that you're not learning from, that you're not looking at, that you have to deal with. And then and if you don't, it's going to keep happening over and over <laughs> again and likely worse. <laughs>
0: Yes. And you know, I identify with a lot of the things that you shared. I'm wondering for everyone, if you could talk about what you mean by spiritual, because some people hear that and they're like, Oh, that's not religion. I'm religious. I'm ex religion. I'm not going to hear this. I can't hear this because spirituality is anti religion. So maybe you could address that. So what do you mean by spiritual aspects? What does that mean?
1: It can mean religion. I think that spirituality, I think religion is under that umbrella. So what, it's whatever feeds your spirit. So if that is religion, no matter what religion it is, that could mm-hmm. be maybe what you need to connect more with if that's what connects with you. If that's God, if it's Buddha, whatever it is, then maybe that's the road that you need to go down. Maybe you have to go talk to your priest or go talk to, go get into a Bible study group. Whatever it might be, but if that's what is your thing, then that's great. Spirituality for me is personally my soul. What purpose am I here on earth for? I think we're all here to love and to learn. And I think that if we don't learn these things, that we're going to have to come back in our next life and learn them again or try to learn them again. And that's my belief. I believe that there is a God. I think there was a Jesus. I think there was a Buddha. So I have this kind of like mix of all the religions put into one. But spirituality is more than what what you see here. It's that intuitiveness. It's what's going on inside. It's your heart. It's love. It's And it can be your religion as well. So that's personally the way I see it. I don't know about you, Karen. When, how do you see spirit?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, to me, it's the part of us that enlivens the human form that we're in, that we get to use while we're in this, on this earth plane. And it represents all of who we've ever been and ever will be and what we're meant to express in this lifetime, what we're meant to experience, the people we're meant to come in contact with. And to me, when I talk about the spirituality of perimenopause or menopause or the spirituality of any disease, I think there is a spiritual lesson in In every symptom and disorder that we can experience, I'm talking about looking for the deeper meaning that isn't obvious, right? If you, when I weighed 243 pounds and I looked in the mirror, well, you could, I could see I was morbidly obese, right? But what's the meaning? What's the meaning behind that? More than, oh, I had hormonal imbalances. I had toxicities. I had gut dysfunction. I had all these Physical causes contributing to it, I had energetic causes, right? Thoughts, feelings, beliefs, all garnered from past experiences that I had had that led me to certain belief systems. So it's interesting with obesity, they found in some of the studies, I think his name is Filetti, who did some of the research on this, and he just happened to notice that 80% of the women in a study he was doing on obesity had been sexually abused. And that's ultimately what I think led to the ACE trials, the adverse childhood experience trials, because they were starting to see this link between adverse childhood experiences, emotional, psychosocial experiences, and physical health problems. And then when he, he noticed this 80% incidence of childhood sexual abuse among these women in this study that were obese. So to me, it's really looking at the deeper meaning And so how did that show up for Mm -hmm. you in terms of what you were going through, right? Here you're 42, Mm -hmm. your body's getting ready to go into menopause, which is on average nine years early. Your Mm -hmm. thyroid shut down. And so Mm -hmm. what did that look like for you? Mm -hmm. The thyroid
1: energetically signifies your voice chakra. So we have these energy centers in our body and this isn't woo-woo, this is science. We have energy centers throughout our body And the voice chakra sits right where your thyroid is. And I think that this is, I personally think this is why so many more women have it than men have thyroid problems is because we don't tend to speak our mind as much as men do. We tend to stuff things down. We're not, we're taught that, you know, maybe not to voice our emotions so much. And I, looking back at my history and all the times I didn't say anything when I wanted to say something, when I wanted to stop that person from abusing me, when I had so much self-hatred for myself, I did not think that I was capable of being loved even. And That I think was really tied up in my thyroid and I don't think it was something that I dealt with over those first few years of therapy. I don't think I because the thyroid thing didn't come in till later and then I was like oh I'm not surprised that I have a thyroid problem and I didn't address it and so I really think it was my body going you have to pay attention to this now. This is (laughs) you have to start speaking your mind and you have to start loving yourself. And it sounds really like, oh, so cliche, oh, love yourself. But looking back at my history, I never did. I never loved myself. I had always hated my body. I always critiqued it. I didn't trust myself. I didn't, there were so many things that needed to be unpacked. And coming into my forties, going into menopause and gaining that much weight, especially as a weight loss coach, that was super hard on my ego. And I knew that no matter what I did, this was interesting, no matter what I did, I would not have lost the weight then. I knew it. So every time I would like go, oh, you know, that the old patterns would start to come up and I'd say, oh, I, I better start, you know, cutting down on the calories and better start working out harder. And then I'd be like, no, stop. Don't do that because then that's like going back into that old pattern of dieting and thinking that that was the answer. Because for me, it wasn't. And I knew that. I knew that there was something emotional, like you said, like there's always something emotional to every medical problem, every chronic ailment that you've got. I really truly believe that there is going to be an emotional component to it, whether it's the full root cause, whether it's just a third of it, who knows, but there's always something emotional or something that yeah. So your body
0: is trying to get you to look at in your life. I totally agree with that 100%. And some of the things that you said, I want to, let's go back and talk about this. So, you know, you very are very open and very freely shared some of your struggles earlier. And then you said, I hated myself. And the average per woman, if you ask her, do you hate yourself? she's going to say no. And if you ask her, do you love yourself? She's going to say yes. So I'm thinking we probably, because that probably would have been me at one point also. And then there was a point where I realized, no, I actually treat myself as if I hate myself. Yeah. And so what does that mean? What does, how would a woman identify? Oh my gosh, I behave as if I hate myself. And the whole cliche, like you said, of self-love, we tell we hear that so much, but really what does that mean on a day-to-day basis maybe you even take some instances well oh here's something that I dealt with and here's how I treated myself with hatred around that and here's how I now treat myself with love so maybe we could have a little richer more in-depth discussion on that Mm -hmm.
1: I think people women can recognize it because you have to tune into how are you speaking to yourself all day long (laughs) yeah right pay attention like most of it is subconscious but pay attention to and I and we're going to get into this is I just recently lost a bunch of weight and it's so interesting to me to to realize that I still have these like nagly little self-talk bullcrap inside of me <laughs> it's like yeah. you know I just go lose a bunch of weight even though I was you know I, I was looking good and but I lost weight and then I caught myself looking in the mirror, not even realizing, going, I wish I, I could lose a little bit more weight right here on my the back of my arm. And I was like, oh, Karen, how dare you say that? You just lost 10 pounds off your body. And you, how dare I? And I was so ashamed and I felt so guilty. I was like, what? what? How could I even think that? And so I had to look at it and be like, Where's that coming from? And I'm like, it's coming from the fact that I've done this for the last thirty years of my life. I've looked in the mirror and I have cut myself down. I it's oh, it's never like, hey, I'm looking good. Look at how great my stomach looks. I'm looking so hot. Like it's usually like we don't do that. We, right. we pick up the one or like many things, whatever it is. But you'll you'll nitpick. You'll be like, what's this freckle doing here on my face? Like you're just you will find anything and sometimes women it's a lot it's not one thing it's their whole body that they look at and they hate they're going what wow, look at my stomach look at my legs look at my cellulite look at my hair look at my wrinkles look at my chest look at my breasts like it's never ending and so ask yourself like how how is your day spent talking to yourself Are you constantly worried about your weight? Are you constantly worried about the food that's going into your mouth? Are you constantly going, oh, I'm going to start this tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to eat better today. I'm going to eat better tomorrow. I'm going to start the diet next week. Because I think majority
0: of women do this. Wouldn't you say? Yes. And, you know, I love the litmus test for that because it's such a habitual way that most of us think when we look in the mirror, we're not looking for what we love. We're looking for the things we don't like that we need to fix so we can be perfect. Would you say that to a friend? Would you say your friend says, oh, Karen, I lost 10 pounds. Look, I lost 10 pounds. And they proudly come before you and you go, you know what? Yeah, but you've got fat on the back of that arm and you need to lose that what would your friend say to you she would not be your friend anymore right that's how you know you're hating on yourself yeah exactly And, and hate's a strong word but yeah
1: you know like how much are you loving on yourself Maybe ask that. How much are you actually just going like? You are rocking it. You look so fantastic. I had a friend last year who was desperately trying to lose weight. She was eating, trying to eat right. She was exercising. And then I didn't talk to her for like a month or two. And when I saw her, she had lost weight. And so I'm thinking, like, oh, all my tips are working for her, right? And she said, you know what, Karen? I wasn't losing weight no matter what I was doing. And she said, So I I stopped thinking about it. Instead, I would get myself naked and I would stand in front of my mirror and I would tell myself how great I looked. And she said, I did that consistently. (laughs) And she said, and the weight started coming
0: off. And I was like, wow. It's (laughs) so true. One other thing I noticed, I just want to share, because I know some people listening are going to be like, oh my gosh, I do that too is so I had been traveling and not been able to keep to my eating and exercise schedule and I gained a few pounds and then I came to a, a city uh, here in Argentina where I could kind of get settled and get to a good gym and eat like I like to eat and so I just started doing doing the things that I do for my health and then I started seeing that weight come off come off, and I was very pleased but instead of just continuing to love myself and give my body what it needed I turned it into a project and I'm like oh my gosh, I lost five pounds. I bet I could lose another eight pounds this month if I up my gym and I cut my intermittent fasting to only eating four hours a day. And before I knew it, I had made myself in my progress into nothing and i had made myself into a project and objectified myself instead of just loving myself and giving my body what it needs because i know she'll go to what the weight she likes and i know there's some people listening going like oh my gosh i do that too so you're not alone but then what is the loving thing to let go of that i don't stop i'm not i don't usually weigh myself why did i even get on the scale right it's not loving so now I don't am not, no. not on the scale, right? I'm still in, in Buenos Aires and I just go do the exercise and give my body the food it needs. That's loving. So how does a yeah. self-love look? How would you explain that? What kind of actions would it be? I think both with my both times
1: there when I was in my 30s and when I was in my 40s, when I remember getting to a point, even in my late 30s, where <laughs> I realized that I was still trying to lose weight, even though I was at 128 pounds. That was my weight set point. It would never move from that. It would be like, I would try something extreme. I'd lose some weight, and it would just go right back to 128. And I just kept doing this for years. And I was constantly like, I want to get down. I want to get down. I shouldn't be this weight. I should be 125. I should be 120, whatever it might be. And then I remember this one day, it just dawned on me. I'm like, this is where my body wants to be. I'm not a super skinny little person and I never will be I never have been I never will be so quit trying to get down to this unrealistic weight and I'm like what, Karen are you really willing to do what it would take to be 120 pounds like I would have to starve myself I would have to I, I even if I did I still don't think I would have gotten down to that and I let it go because I was like, I could sit here and spend the rest of my life trying to get down to this freaking number on the scale because I feel like that's how I should look or I can accept where I'm at right now and work on just accepting that. And so I did and I did great. And for many years, I was I was very pleased with where I was at. Till I hit my forties, and I gained the fifteen pounds, and then I immediately started to hate on myself. But I did the same thing where I I knew if no matter what I was going to do at that time, I wouldn't have been able to lose the weight. And so I worked on loving myself, and I worked on sharing that message. And I think that that really helped because menopausal women, perimenopausal women, and menopausal women, I really believe that it's very normal for us to soften a little bit. It just is. Men do. So why can't women? And it's not realistic to think we're going to look like we did when we were 20 when we're 50. It's just not. And it's okay to soften a little bit. And we need to start accepting that and having that be the normal where we can look at women that are in this midlife go and go... They look beautiful because I do. I look at women my age and I think they're beautiful when they're healthy. And so I just kept telling myself that is I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to still eat right. I'm going to still exercise. I'm going to still do yoga and I'm going to be healthy. And I had super clear skin and and I looked good. And yes, I was more overweight than I wanted to be. And I knew that that would come off eventually. And it did take a couple of years. And it was slowly starting to come off. And I still was, though, accepting because I still wasn't down to 128. I still accepted that I needed to, that it was okay for me to soften a little bit because mm-hmm. I was getting older. And that's okay. I wasn't overweight, mm-hmm.
0: I, but I had All softened. Right. I mean, I think if you do want to be the same as at 60 as you were at 20, you can do it. It's just, do you want to do it? I will say, I want to ask you this, because I don't, I don't know how old you are now. I'm in my 50s. Okay, so my generation, I guess that's your generation. I don't know if we are I'm a baby boomer. I think we had some pretty unrealistic expectations of what weight we were supposed to be at any age. Literally, yeah. we had, you know, those little Barbie dolls where you could wrap your little pinky finger around their waist. And for my whole life, I thought because my thighs touched and I didn't have a gap, (laughs) thigh gap, there was something (laughs) wrong with me. But now the newer, earlier, more recent generations, they really accept themselves and i love some of these kind of tv and internet stars where they're big and beautiful and bold and they love themselves and nobody judges them and they're just accepted for who they are and their beauty and I, you know i don't know how you overcome the conditioning we went through but any thoughts on that you'd like to share yeah you could look like you did when you were 20 but what
1: is it going to take to get there like how much suffering are you going to to have to go through And and it's just not realistic. And I always tell women, like, whatever their numbers that they're trying to get down to, I ask them, when was the last time you were at that number and how long were you there for? Because usually it's like, oh, well, I did this really extreme diet when I was 25 and I got down to 115 pounds. So I think that's what I'd like to be at because I love the way I looked. I'm like, yeah, I bet you did. But is that realistic? No, that's not your set point. So I just think be realistic about it. Be okay with softening a little bit. I'm not saying you have to accept being, you know, 300 pounds or two, like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there is a place where you have to begin to accept where you're at because it likely will not change. Like you can only get down to that set point, maybe that a healthy set point that is still maybe in your eyes overweight, even though it's only like five to 10 pounds or 15 pounds overweight, maybe for you. Could you just work on accepting that and loving yourself for that and just focusing on being healthy and feeling really good? And that's, I think, a really hard thing
0: to ask really, really hard. And what about the cultural norms that we grew up with, with very skinny Barbies and a very skinny, twiggy kind of expectation of what the definition of beauty was and what we
1: should look like? Well, I I ask you then, all of you, how many women do you know that look like that? Especially in their 40s, even in their 30s. How many women did you know that were stick thin and had a perfect model figure? I can count like two friends out of all my friends that looked like that. Most didn't. So it's more normal to have curves than not to have curves. And we just see it in the magazines as these this 1% of society of women that have, that were literally born genetically superior and that had those shredded botany. They just come out looking fantastic and never have mm-hmm. to worry about their weight. So it's more normal to be curvaceous. And we have to tell ourselves this, that that, that, that is what's normal. It's not normal. And it, it, look at men. Geez, the discreet, like between men and women, I just, it drives me nuts that men, all of my guy friends right now, they're in their 40s and 50s, they've got the bellies, they're not getting Botox, they're not doing plastic surgery, they're not concerned. <laughs> like they're just riding along, you know, and we look at them and, oh, they're handsome with their gray hair. But yeah, mm-hmm. women, we start to age and we're looked at like, ooh, no, no, you better get your Botox. You better get... not that I'm saying anything wrong with Botox, I do get it myself. But, you know, like the pressure on us is far more. And, right. and you have to remind yourself, like I remind myself all the time, like my husband's not doing all of these things. So take it easy on yourself. Don't feel like you have to too. This is mm-hmm. the time in our life, like talking about spirituality, this is a time in our life where, we, it's all about us finally, you know, like we, in our twenties and thirties, it's all about our career, having children, getting married. And a lot of the time, right. We, we've, at this point we figured out if we're keeping the man or we're getting rid of them or, or, or your wife, whatever it is. And as we go into these years, our hormones start to shift. And I really think that this is a calling to start paying attention to yourself, to start paying attention to your health. mm mm-hmm. And let it be about you. You know, your kids are growing up, they're getting older. If you have children, you know, you're, you're, you figured out your job at this point. So let these years be about you because these can be the best years of your life. You know, we talk a lot about the bad, about the weight gain, about the hot flashes, the the low sex drive, all the things that come with losing our hormones. But there's so much good that can come out of these years. These can be the best years of your life if you can start to take care of yourself and treat yourself with love. Again, like it, it is—it's the time to do this and to work on these things. I really, really
0: believe that. So one of the things that you shared with me before we started, I said, oh, we have to talk about that, that you can do to love yourself and really help yourself be your best as you age, is peptide therapy, particularly if you're experiencing weight loss resistance. And I thought that is something that we should cover and talk about in this episode. So tell me how you became Mm -hmm. introduced with peptide therapy to help weight loss resistance. Yes. So
1: we have actually a, a peptide weight loss program now because it started last year when I had a client who had Hashimoto's. She was one of those women that was doing everything right, eating right, exercising, could not lose the weight no matter what she did. She had optimized her hormone. She optimized the thyroid, could not get the weight off. And we have, we ha- I hadn't seen her for a couple of months. We have this session together and she just lost 17 pounds. I said, How the heck did you do that? She said, Ozempic. And I'm like, What's Ozempic? <laughs> I didn't even heard of it. So she tells me what it is and it's a weight loss peptide. And so then I went on this search of what the heck is this? And I started Googling it and finding it out for myself and thought, Wow, this is amazing. I'm going to give this a go. So I try it for myself, and it was a complete disaster, to be honest. <laughs> I actually ended up getting severe migraines from it. I felt super <laughs> sick, didn't lose any weight the first couple of weeks. So I was like, well, of course, this isn't going to work for Karen. Lo, lo and behold, like not shocking at all, right? So I then started to recommend it to other client, other perimenopausal and menopausal women that I knew that had tried everything. You know, like they had done all the work and every single one of them work got results. And it was it was like, wow, this is amazing. So then um, fast forward to now, we've created our own weight loss peptide program because it, I, it really truly just blows my mind how well these peptides work. So I have now gone to the other one, which is known as Monjaro. So I do it just the... um the peptide. I don't do the name brand, Monjaro. So that's called Trizepatide. So there's semaglutide and there's trisepatide. Trizepatide is the newest. Semaglutide, which is also known as it's been around for 10 years. So we've got a lot of research now on that. Originally developed for type 2 diabetics, then they realized that, oh my goodness, people are losing a ton of weight. But they're on average in a year's time or 72 weeks, I think it was, they were losing 15 to 20% of their weight, which just so everybody knows, prior to this drug, if a drug could help a person lose 5% of their weight, that was considered amazing because that's all we had seen. That was how good it got. Mm -hmm. These were 15 to 20%. And it wasn't just that, people were reversing all of these metabolic diseases, you know, their cholesterol was getting better, their fatty liver was disappearing. It was helping, there's research now showing that it helps to prevent Alzheimer's disease, plaque formation Mm -hmm. on the brain. All of these little metabolic markers were getting substantially better. People were getting off blood pressure uh, medications. And so many things were getting better. Mm -hmm. And plus, they were effortlessly losing weight. These, These medications not only help to suppress appetite, but they work on your brain. And they help it so that you don't crave Sugary foods anymore. You it just kind of just disappears. (laughs) So you don't care. You're not struggling that whole time, right? With the whole any other diet, you're struggling. We all know that. You're you're like, I can't, I shouldn't eat that, but I really want to. You know, that's like why most diets fail, is because our willpower runs out and we end up eating the highly palatable foods that are all around us. Well, this drug eliminates that need. So Weight loss becomes easier than it's ever been before in your entire life. It's nuts how it works. So I went on Trizepatide. I was at 138 pounds and no side effects. In six weeks, I lost 10 pounds, and it was and it's been easy, fantastic. Like I have no problem with it. This is though something that you have to typically stay on. So that's the downfall is you come off of it and some people will, will keep the weight off, but because most people will blow past their set point, then you will likely, if you come off of it, you may go back to that normal set point, right? So for a menopausal woman, if you've gained, let's say you were always 130 pounds, but in menopause, you gained 15 pounds and you cannot get it off. Well, you could go on this drug and it's going to get you down to that 130 pounds. But if you wish you could go actually down even farther. So if you came off of it, you would likely, as long as you were eating right and still exercising, you could go back. You may gain back, let's say right back up to maybe the 130, because that's your normal set point. But most women I find have to stay on a maintenance dose. So they have to I've seen everything from at once every couple of weeks to every six weeks. They have to do an injection. They're once a week injections. So, they you start to spread them apart, and then you can maintain that weight loss as long as you continue doing a shot every four to six weeks.
0: Sometimes, everybody's individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, can you talk a little bit about how semaglutide works, so mm-hmm. everybody knows? Like, is this an appetite suppressant? Is this uppers? What is it? No, nope, definitely not uppers. So both
1: semaglutide and trisepatide are hormones, actually, and they're gut hormones. We produce them in our gut, and then they tell your brain when you're full. So when you're eating, these because we're increasing, so they're 90, you can think of them as, I think of them as like a bioidentical hormone. They're 94% bioidentical to something you already make in your body. So it's going to create more of this, hormone that's going to be telling you that you're full a heck of a lot faster. So there's no stimulation to it. It slows gastric emptying as well. It does affect the dopamine centers of the brain and the pleasure centers. So you don't get the same payoff from food, drugs, alcohol, so mm-hmm. anything that is addictive to you, that you are getting a dopamine hit from, it will bring that down. So there were mm-hmm. there's actually some PubMed research showing like how it helps with COVID for uh, cocaine addicts. So interesting enough, I was just looking at that last night. So it works on different a couple of different mechanisms. There's two different so semaglutide is a glucagon-like peptide is what it's called and then the trizepatide is a dual agonist not that anybody needs to know this it's a gip so glucose dependent insulinotropic probably not saying that right polypeptide so these are peptides that we've already got in our body that are mimicking these peptides when we're taking them so Mm -hmm. best way to explain
0: it (laughs) And then everybody's going to want to know, oh my gosh, I want this. What does it cost? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the next question. Unfortunately, if you're
1: not diabetic, you cannot get it covered through, if you've got insurance, you will not get it covered if you're not diabetic. Ozempic has now been approved for weight loss for obesities, but you have to be, I think it is over 30% or 35% BMI. So, if you were to just go and get yourself a prescription, Monjaro is going to cost you about $1,500 a month. Semaglutide is about $1,200 a month. But there's now compounding pharmacies that are making it. So, compounding pharmacies can make semaglutide, and you're looking at about $200 to $250 a month for that for through a compounding pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And then with terzepatide, it's a little bit of more gray area that they're not allowing compounding pharmacies to do it. There's still some that are, and I think eventually we'll start to see it more. Mm -hmm. But right now, the company that made it is coming down on compounding pharmacies if they're trying to compound it. So then you can get it through peptide sites. So I, I don't know how much you've talked about peptides on here, but you know there's growth hormone peptides, BPC157, all of these very familiar peptides that people are using now, and they're ordering them online from reputable peptide sites. And mm-hmm. there you can get. We've got Trzepatide that starts at 170 a month, and a Semaglutide is like 75 a month to start. Um, Mm -hmm. and then you increase your dose as you go along so that it starts to, then the price goes up the farther along you go. So that's not too bad considering what
0: what us women will do to lose weight and the money that we spend on it. (laughs) I mean, I'm still a proponent of addressing the underlying root cause, but if something is natural and can be an aid to assist you, hey, why not? In fact, as you're talking about it, I've never, I always have to try everything first. You know, that's how I yeah. developed things. everything that I, I do with women is what I learned from losing a hundred pounds and getting off all prescription medications and healing from all the chronic medical conditions I had. I said, I was going to see if it worked. And then if it worked, I was going to spend the rest of my life teaching other women about it. So that's what I do. And when I hear about something that could help us, that isn't, going to harm us. And, you know, with it being a peptide, that's just a protein and it is fairly bioidentical. I will tell everyone right now, I'm going to get it. I'm going to try it and I'll give you my feedback, but it sounds like you've had a, some good results with this. Do you want to share any patient stories that come to mind? Oh, I've got so many patient stories. It's, it's so gratifying.
1: It's just we've been, we've been brain, we've been not brain, we've been, it has been very, very hard our whole lives to lose weight. Like weight loss is really hard. And we all know this. And I have spent my life helping women to lose weight. Like it's something I'm very passionate about. And I feel the same way as you do, Dr. Kieran, that you have to look at all of these other factors. You know, it's you got to look at your hormones for all of you perimenopausal menopausal women you've got to address the hormone loss right or else you're going to be if you go take these peptides you have like to you're building you're building a house <laughs> on sand that's what i exactly. say it's like you're building a house on sand you gotta have a foundation and so this is why we've created a program to go with it because you could go out and buy these peptides on your own go for it but You know, if you're not, if you're still not eating right and you're not exercising, you're not replacing those hormones and working on your spiritual self, like we've talked about here today, then I just feel like, why, why, like, why don't do that to your health? Don't use it as a, well, I'm going to go eat my donut and I'm not going to lose any weight. That's not good for your health then. Mm-hmm. So I really think you need to prioritize and you have to have those foundational pieces, be part of it and take the time because this, this drug works so well, take the time to change your eating habits then. If it's always been a struggle for you to eat well, then use this as a tool to work well to take while you work on your eating habits because it does make it so much easier. So work on the eating habits. Work on the time that you eat. Work on how much you eat because it's very hard to overeat on this drug. Use this as a positive thing, and it is very exciting because it just the weight just falls off and it's like oh my gosh, like I feel I, I've gone through this like battle within myself of guilt and shame and like ah, oh it's been nuts. I've just been like oh my like and I've had to turn and look at like some of these things that have arisen because. I feel like if it's not hard, then I have no right
0: to be thin. Wow. That's a belief system. Do you like believing
1: that? (laughs) No. So I've been like, really trying, I've been speaking about it on my own podcast and sharing my journey because these are things that may come up for other people where you do start to feel guilty. Or when people ask you like, Oh, you've lost a lot of weight. Very quickly. They think there's something wrong with you or they're like, oh, what? She's doing a peptide or, you know, and I've just been like, (laughs) no, let me educate you on this. Like, this is actually the most astounding loss throw we've ever seen to date. And if it can be easy,
0: why not? I say, let's, let's embrace it. (laughs) Yes. And I just want to reiterate, you got to address the underlying causes. Otherwise you are building a house on sand. If you don't, fix your hormones and detoxify and get rid of the inflammation and fix your gut and do all the things. You still got to do that. Don't feel good. You may be thin, but you're going to feel like garbage. Right. And I, I will reiterate, I know we have a difference of opinion. It was pretty effortless for me to lose the hundred pounds when I addressed the underlying causes. And that's my experience with the women I work with. So yeah. I just want to, incorporate both of our experiences for everyone listening it can be effortless sometimes it's harder sometimes it's easier but why not take advantage of a tool that could help you so i'm for sure going to try it i'll share my experience if anybody listening decides to try it, maybe you'll decide to do Karen's program. She's got amazing programs, which she's going to share some in, in information on right now. But you shared these amazing quotes with me, Karen, before we start, started, and we haven't offered any. So I, before we wrap up, I just want to offer two of my favorites that you shared. So one is, one of the most courageous things you can do is identify yourself, know who you are, what you believe in, and where you want to go. Sheila Murray Bethel. I don't know who she is. Can you talk a little bit about this quote and what it means to you?
1: What it means to me is, is that's been my life mission is really being who I truly am. And that's all the work that I've done has led me to that. And it's I, I, I want that for everybody.
0: I do. Amen. Yes. It, be courageous. Identify yourself, know who you are, what you believe in, and where you want to go. And then Tony Robbins quote The path to success is to take massive, determined, Action, Action. you know, sometimes we women, we can just get stuck in our heads, believing not true things. And you really deserve to have amazing health. You deserve to have a great sex life and great sexuality. You deserve to have great hair. You deserve to feel amazing in your skin, look amazing in your skin, if that matters to you and do all the things that you want in life, right? Those dreams that you have were given to you to fulfill. They're not some pipe dreams. So any last word you want to share with everybody? But yeah, just off of, right off of what you just
1: said there, like don't settle for subpar. This is, like I said, this is the time in your life that could be the best time of your life. So go after it, be courageous, take massive action, but do what you whatever it is that you have to do to be where you want to be and look how you want to look. And that's fantastic and embrace it and just Just don't be afraid and don't think that you have to suffer. I think poor perimenopausal menopausal, when we have it in our head that there's going to be some suffering or a lot of suffering, and we take this on like a badge of honor, and it's like, no, we don't have to suffer. And we can look fantastic and we can be fantastic and we can
0: thrive. We don't have to suffer. Yes. So get about that business and. You know, I think that's really part of loving yourself. And maybe this is where we'll end. Mm -hmm. Self-love is honoring your dreams, that your dreams are meant to be fulfilled and taking massive action to make them come true. So where can everybody find you online? You have a free gift, a hormone quiz you can tell everyone about. We'll have all her links in the show notes. So if you're driving, please don't try to write these down, but share with everyone about the hormone quiz and all the places to find you.
1: So KarenMartel.com. You can take my hormone quiz to find out, you know, which hormones could be stopping you from losing weight. It's just a quiz, so, but it's a great place to start, and you'll get a little free meal plan from it. And besides that, you can find me on my podcast, The Other Side of Weight Loss, where we talk a ton about hormones and weight loss for women. We just hit one million downloads, so that's very exciting. So we've got 260 episodes on there, and then on social media, you can find me at Karen Martel Hormones.
0: Karen Martell, Hormones, and, and your podcast, absolutely, definitely check it out. We'll have links to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for your journey, your wisdom, and your passion for helping women. Thank you for being here, Karen. Thanks for having me. And thank you for joining me for another episode of The Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. So glad that you joined us today for this insightful discussion with maybe some things you hadn't thought about when it comes to your health. Whether you have a weight problem or not, looking at the deeper message of the malady or illness that you're experiencing can really help give you some insights that you can work towards healing and may just be the root cause that's keeping you stuck. And you learned about a novel tool that you might want to consider using to help you if you are struggling with weight loss. I'm going to try it too, and we'll share notes and see how it works. And I look forward to seeing you next week on another episode of The Hormone Prescription. Until then, peace, love, and hormones, y'all. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve.